At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Danny Burke Five. If you didn't know, well, we're live here out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Per usual, it's a great environment. A lot of stuff going on. We got baseball, of course, and no, we don't have basketball tonight. But the playing game begins tomorrow, and then we get into the thick of it with the NBA postseason, and I cannot be more excited. So we'll talk about the playing game, look at those opening lines, and how you could look to approach betting, not only from a game-to-game standpoint, but the odds to reach the postseason. I think there's a lot of good value, and I already got a couple plays, so we'll talk about that momentarily. But let me also tell you what we got going on throughout the next hour, because 15 minutes from now, not only will we continue our conversation in the NBA, but also some baseball action with our guy, Will Hill. He's host of the New York City cast, so naturally we'll get his thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets matchup against the Cavaliers, and then we'll get his baseball plays tonight. And speaking of baseball, VEASAN's betting analyst, Adam Burke. I know he's got plenty of plays on the diamond tonight and maybe just some early overreactions or undervalued teams after the first opening weekend in Major League Baseball. And then at the end of the show, like we typically do, we've got Danny's Dimes. I've got one play with baseball tonight and a finals future that I am pulling the trigger on. And we'll kind of preview that Bulls and Bucks series. It's uh, it's not looking good for the Bulls, but we'll tell you how you can look to bet that toward the end of the show. Like I said, let's get into it, though, beginning with these playing games. I love the idea of the playing games. I think it's absolutely fascinating. And I think from a betting perspective, it's just such a great opportunity to still capture some value because it's really just a new space, not only for betters and the players in the league, but for the bookmakers as well. So let's take a look at how we could capitalize on these potentially as of this moment. But first things first, let's just kind of set the stage, look at these matchups and where the lines open and where they currently are at Bet Rivers. Tomorrow, you're going to get the Cavs and the Nets and the Clippers and the Timberwolves. Now, the Cavaliers are on the road in Brooklyn against the Nets. Yes, a terrible matchup in the playing game. A team that arguably could be the best in the Eastern Conference finds themselves in the seventh seed currently hosting the eighth seed, which is the Cleveland Cavaliers. This line opened up with Brooklyn as an eight-point favorite. No Jared Allen in this game, by the way. The big man for Cleveland will be out. This Cavs team is fun. They're great. They're youthful. They're inexperienced. But it's going to be kind of a quick exit form, I believe. More on that in a second. But again, it's a tough first matchup against Brooklyn. That's why you see the line even going the way of Brooklyn, even though they opened up eight. Now it's at eight and a half. Brooklyn is the home favorite against the Cavaliers, who not only are going to be missing Jared Allen, you're missing Dean Wade, you're missing Colin Sexton, and Mobley we know was a little bit shaken up, but he should be good to go. Still a tough draw for this Cleveland team, but that's how that spread shaping out right now. The second game of Tuesday night out in the Western Conference, now you've got the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Clippers with Paul George in the mix. 
Minnesota being the higher seed has a home court advantage and they are the slight home favorite. Three is what they're laying right now at Bet Rivers. If you're more interested in the money line, the T-Wolves minus a buck 48 and the Clippers plus 123. Then you can look forward to Wednesday. Back into the Eastern Conference, the Atlanta Hawks taking on the Charlotte Hornets. We know this Hawks team has that postseason experience built up from last year. And if you recall from last year, uh, the Hornets didn't fare too well in the playing game. They got smacked down by the Indiana Pacers, but they get a chance to go back and seek some revenge as they're currently catching. Well, at the opener, it was four at least, but now it's five. So the market's moving away from the Hornets because the Hawks now laying five. They're minus the buck 86 on the money line, and you get LaMelo Ball and company catching plus 155. Then back to the Western Conference, the last game of the play-in game tournament, the Spurs and the Pelicans. Huda Thunkett, Greg Popovich's crew found a way into the play-in game, and they get to draw against the Pelicans, where New Orleans at home is a five-and-a-half-point favorite, minus 210 on the money line, San Antonio plus 170 on the buyback. All right, looking at these four matchups, my initial thoughts and what I assume after these first round of games in the plane, what will be just what will come to fruition more. So what will be the second round matchups of the playing game? I look at this Nets and Cavs matchup. I think it's pretty easy and most people agree that Brooklyn will advance. All right, so let's put Brooklyn in. Now, the winner of that game goes into the postseason, right? And the loser plays the winner of the Hawks and the Hornets. So the market's kind of moving toward Atlanta. We saw how Charlotte fared in this spot last season. This Hawks team is lethal, man. I mean, they've got shooters. They've got Trey Young. And Trey Young and their offensive weapons they have fares pretty well in a single elimination style play. So I give the advantage to the Hawks in that game. So bye-bye Hornets. Next matchup, you got Cavs and the Hawks. All right, that's what I'm assuming. As for the Western Conference side of things, the Clippers and T-Wolves matchup is pretty fascinating and actually very close, as indicated by a three-point spread. Now, I give the slight edge to Minnesota, but we'll get back to that in a second. The Pelicans and Spurs game really quick. I have more conviction in the Pelicans beating the Spurs than I would the T-Wolves beating the Clippers. And again, that's indicated by the spread being higher for the Pelicans over the Spurs as opposed to the T-Wolves over the Clippers. But for argument's sake, let's just go where I'm thinking. And I think Minnesota has a pretty solid chance to beat the Clippers. So I'll say Minnesota goes into the playoffs officially. The Pelicans beat the Spurs. And then you're getting the Clippers and the Pelicans this game out in Los Angeles with the Clippers hosting the Pelicans. So we have this matchup now in my argument, right? I'm thinking it's going to be the Pelicans and the Clippers. Well, at Bet Rivers, you can still bet on these teams and their odds to make the playoffs, meaning will they survive the playing game tournament? Now, looking at the Pelicans number, the yes is plus 350. The no is minus 530. All right? The Pelicans have actually beaten the Clippers in three out of four regular season meetings this year. And Paul George has actually been involved in three out of four of those matchups. And out of those three matchups, the Pelicans defeated them in two out of them. And even McCollum wasn't even with the team for a couple of the times they beat Paul George and the Clippers. So it could still be a really tough matchup for the Clippers despite the home court advantage and despite having Paul George in the mix against his Pelican squad. It's a new look Pelican squad, remember? And Brandon Ingram's healthy. They got a lot of talent and length. JVT, Vison senior NBA analyst, talked about this last week. I think he got the Pelicans at like plus 450 or better. Still a really good number right now at plus 350. But if we can assume, again, that this is going to be the matchup, the Pelicans and the Clippers, 
instead of doing the Pelicans, yes, plus 350, wouldn't we just do the Clippers to miss the postseason at plus 380? Again, if we're assuming they're going to be meeting up, it's literally the same bet. The yes for the Pelicans at plus 350 and the no for the Clippers at plus 380 if this is the matchup. So why not take the 30 cents better on the Clippers to miss the postseason at plus 380? Again, I think the Timberwolves have a slight advantage in that first game. Would it shock me if the Clippers won? No, but I like the value here with the no. And if this is going to be that matchup, take the 30 cents better and take a small flyer on the Clippers to miss the postseason. Again, the Pelicans had the advantage over the Clippers during the course of the regular season. They have the length and the size over this Clippers team. And yes, Paul George brings a huge dynamic offensively. But as JVT also mentioned, a lot of that sample size into where their offense improves statistically came against garbage teams that were either sitting guys or just giving up at this point in the season. And honestly, too, if you're looking at this matchup, if it's the Clippers and the Pelicans and you have a no on the Clippers plus 380, yeah, the Clippers are probably going to be a small favorite in that game. But if you get on the line early enough, you may be able to hedge at least enough to get your money back. Maybe, maybe not, but still some opportunities you can have with the good price of the Clippers to miss the postseason plus 380. This has to be the matchup in order for it to look pretty good to get the value of 30 cents better. But that's what I'm banking on, and I really like that value. So I'm taking a flyer on the Clippers to miss the postseason at plus 380. But let's take a look at the Eastern Conference now. I think there's a really good opportunity here as well. So I told you, I think the Hawks beat the Hornets, and I think the Nets beat the Cavs. This means that the Cavaliers will be hosting then the Atlanta Hawks in that second round of the playing game. Guys, this Cleveland team's fun. It's a great story. Again, they're youthful and inexperienced. This year, it's going to be cut short. Next year, they'll be back better and healthier than ever. But the Hawks have that postseason experience. They're a team that's honestly kind of built for a single elimination type of game with the scores that they have and the talent of Trey Young. And right now, you can bet the Hawks, yes, plus 240 to make the postseason. Now, against Cleveland during the regular season, Atlanta led the season series 3-1. to one. And in the first game against the Hornets, they're going to have a good home atmosphere. And I just don't trust the Hornets. So I just honestly think the Hawks will get past Charlotte and the Cavs are going to lose. So again, if we're assuming this is the matchup, Hawks and Cavs, you can get the yes on the Hawks to make the postseason at plus 240. Or you can bet the no on Cleveland, meaning they miss the postseason at plus 165. See the huge difference there? It's the same bet, but you're getting a lot better value on the Hawks to bet the yes right now. So I also am going to be pulling the trigger on Atlanta to make the postseason then at the yes of plus 240. Now this, depending on if the Cavs just get smacked by the Nets and the Hawks maybe look really good against the Hornets, you could actually get a scenario that you have this ticket on the Hawks to make the postseason at plus 240, and then you get Cleveland as a dog in that game. So even a better hedging opportunity to where you could still maybe come out with a small profit or at least bet enough to get your money back and you'll be sitting pretty comfortably rooting for the Atlanta Hawks. So I think that's another great scenario that you can potentially capitalize on as we're heading into the playing game. So the Hawks to make the postseason, yes, plus 240, count me in. And the Clippers to miss the postseason. So the no at plus 380 are two flyers that I'm taking as we head into the playing games. Now, really quick, if you do a little bit of searching at some of the other outlets in the state of Illinois, you can actually bet the exact prices for the four teams you think make the playing games. And I did two different scenarios. The first one, I did the Nets, Hawks, Timberwolves, and Clippers at plus 470. And then another one, which I think the, odd, the odds are incredible right now, the Nets, Hawks, Timberwolves, and Pelicans at 25 to 1. 
I, I feel pretty safe about the Nets, Hawks, and Timberwolves, clearly, but I think it could easily be interchanged with the Clippers and Pelicans. So why not get the great value at 25 to 1 with the awesome scenario with those four teams? And then, hey, get a little bit maybe of a safer bet at plus 470 and still get some profit. We'll keep up the NBA betting coming up next with Will Hill and more Dandy's Dimes in the NBA at the end of the show. But stick around more here on Rush Hour. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion and around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. So make sure you subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts available and you'll get set up with multiple episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. Okay, welcome back into it. The show is Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and now it is time we take it out to the East Coast and we're telling you about the CityCast and, well, what better time to talk about one of the CityCast hosts, Will Hill, and his teams that he has to look forward to, not only in basketball with the playing game, but we got some baseball action going on. So we'll hit both of those this segment. Will, thank you for joining us. Always happy to have you on. And I started off the show talking about the playing games. And look, they're going to be very interesting all throughout. But I feel like we can pretty much all agree that the Brooklyn Nets have the best opportunity to find themselves in the postseason, considering they're an eight and a half point favorite against this Cavs team. Total, we're seeing at 228 in the hook. Have you already gotten involved in this game? Are you waiting for something? How are you looking to approach it? As somebody who's watched the Nets a lot recently and bet uh, against them a lot, I, I took the eight and a half. I just, it's never easy with the Nets. Now, I know they're dangerous. Anytime you have Durant, you got a chance against pretty much anyone, but they just, they can't get stops. They're so small. They're playing three guys that are, you know, point guard size guys with Curry, Mills, uh, Irving, and they have Dragic. So, you know, three of those guys are on the court sometimes at once. Uh, that's a big problem defensively. They are just so small. Now, the Cavs, it's tough. It'll be tough, like you said, for them to win this game. Uh, because they just, you know, what they do well is they defend the rim, they defend the paint, and the Nets are more of a perimeter-oriented team, and I don't see them having an answer for Durant, although, you know, they're putting so much pressure, so much workload on Durant, you kind of worry if you're the Nets. At some point, does he run out of gas? But uh, to me, the Cavs plus the eight and a half is the play. I mean, yesterday against the Pacers team that outside of Portland is just the tanker of all tankers, put up a buck 25 on them. That game is back and forth. It's a one-point game in the third quarter. Uh, you know, the Cavs fell way behind against the Nets Friday night when they played, came back, took a lead. Uh, it's just, it's never easy for Brooklyn. They got to outscore you, and, and maybe they could, uh, you know, to an extent through these playoffs, win a round or two. But uh, at some point, you got to get some stops, and they really struggled defensively. All right, well, we talked about the playing game with the largest spread. How about the closest one next? Tuesday night, 8.30 p.m. Central Time. You've got the Clippers on the road catching three against the Minnesota Timberwolves. You want to go money line with Minnesota, minus a buck 48. If you like the value with the Clips, plus 123. This total, a higher one at 230. Now, I get the dynamic that Paul George brings back into the mix, but, man, this one, this one's going to be close. I really could see any argument for either side. So uh, with that, what do you think is going to be the outcome, my friend? 
Yeah, I'm with you. I think coin flip game, so you just take the three. I think it's a total toss-up. Remember, the Clippers, not only do they get Paul George back, but they get Norman Powell back. And it's tough for them because how do you defend Towns? If you go big with Zubats, all right, you know what? He's not going to kill you at the rim, but he's going to take you out to the three-point line, spread you out, pick you apart that way, uh, which is an issue either way if you play small or if you play big. I think the Clippers play small, and this is why I like the over. I think the Clippers play small, put Marcus Morris at center, Go with offensive lineups and just try to outscore Minnesota and say, you know what? We'll give you two at one end to trade for three at the other end. And they'll just play small lineup with Morris, George, you know, Kennard, Reggie Jackson, Powell, and just three point you to death and and try to, you know, expose D'Angelo Russell and and pick and roll. Um, You know, their perimeter defense can be suspect at times. So I look for a high scoring game. I know it's a high total, but 230, uh, I'm going over just because I think the Clippers have to, uh, you know, spread them out and go small and it. It's interesting in the East, these seven, eight, nine, ten have kind of flip-flopped the last week or two. It seems like every night there's a, a different team in a different spot. The Clippers and the Timberwolves have both been in either the seven or the eight spot all the way since the middle of January. So this, this has been a, a head on collision for these two teams. These two teams have had plenty of time uh, to get ready for it. Not really part of the handicap, just kind of interesting how, you know, it's so different in the West as opposed to the East. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's really what's been fascinating about each respective conference this whole season. There's been a lot of volatility in the Western Conference, but then as we got closer, you knew it was going to be in there. And a team like Brooklyn and Atlanta and Charlotte, like they've been in there for a majority of the season. So you're right. You've kind of already been mentally prepared if you're one of those teams leading up to this point. And, Will, speaking of a team like the Hawks or the Hornets, you got any skin in that game or the Pelicans and Spurs matchup before we move on here? I want to want to make sure we get all your plays before uh, the next time we get you on here. I've spent more time on the ones on Tuesday. So, the, you know, the ones we talked about, the 7-8 games are both Tuesday. The 9-10 are both Wednesday. So I'll go a little more into those uh, tomorrow. So I'll be on Lombardi line. I, haven't, I don't have any bets on them yet. I would lean towards taking the dogs with the points, but I haven't spent too much time on them. And, well, you mentioned yesterday's games. It's crazy. Last day of the season, you know, it had like a week 18 NFL feel to it where I think you get some excitement. Some teams will play themselves in or out. There was nothing going on yesterday. We didn't get one real game where both teams are trying. You know, it's a lot of teams just tanking. The good teams, you know, didn't care. It was really uh, lacked a lot of juice yesterday. It was kind of disappointing because we knew all the teams going in and we really, you know, Milwaukee laid down against Cleveland. A lot of these teams just, you know, rested people and kind of an anticlimactic finish to the season. Yeah, no kidding. Hopefully we could get a little bit more spark these next couple of days. But, uh, Will, let's move on to one of the series we do know that is all set up and ready to go. You probably won't get too much of a spark in this one from one of the teams. And unfortunately for us here in the Chicagoland area, that will be the Chicago Bulls. Terrible draw for the Bulls going against the Bucks, a team that has beaten the Bulls all four times they have met this season. All right, the Bucks are coming to this thing healthy. The Bulls have everybody but Lonzo Ball be honest even if they had Lonzo Ball really wouldn't make that big of a difference now they're big favorites you can look around and we're seeing Milwaukee as high as a seven dollar favorite to win the series Bulls you can get at about five to one as the underdog then of course you can look for the exact series price will you could do the Bucks to win in five at about plus 225 the Bucks to sweep anywhere from plus 285 to about three to one you can bet the total games you can bet the series spread the Bucks to cover two and a half meaning they would sweep or win in five at about minus a buck 20 is the best number I saw and will let's be honest the only way I would bet it is either betting both the value play on the Bucks to sweep or in five or the Bucks on the series spread what would you suggest to people listening out there on how to handicap the Bulls and the Bucks? 
Yeah, I'm with you. Boy, if you're the Bulls, the Bucks just picked you out. Kind of like the uh, the unathletic kid in the dodgeball game at gym class where they just <laughs> picked on them. They said, we want a part of them. Uh, and you could really debate whether that was the right thing to do because, yeah, you avoid the Nets. But, hey, you're punting on home court in the second round. And if you're the Bucks, are you really that scared of the Nets? So interesting gamesmanship there. That being said, uh, I would never come on here. I mean, you, you know, I've been on here a bunch of times to recommend laying 700. That's usually not my style that, you know, look, it doesn't take a genius to lay 700. Uh, and you're usually tying up your money for a while. This series is only going to go a week. If you want to lay the minus 700, it's probably a good bet. I'm seeing here bucks minus two and a half games, minus 120, meaning if they win in five, you win your bet. If they sweep, you're winning your bet. Uh, the Bulls are not winning two games in this series, barring something crazy. Giannis getting hurt or rolling an ankle, which look, we saw plenty of uh, last postseason. Barring a major injury to Giannis, I don't see how on earth the Bulls get two games. To me, you know what? Maybe the Bull, maybe the Bucks. You know that they get up 2-0 and and you know they give away game game three. They they lose focus, something like that. But to me, this is Bucks in four, maybe Bucks in five. I can't see any possibility here where the Bulls win two games. This is a total mismatch. Yeah, really the only, I guess, advantage if the Bulls were somewhat of a competent team at this point were to be able to say that, hey, it's Milwaukee. It's not that far, and a majority of the time the Bulls are overwhelming with fans as opposed to the Bucks fans, but it really does not matter at this point because the Bucs have just owned them all season long, and not even the Bucs, just every single top team this year, Will. Yeah. So I'm with you. I think you got to look for a way to handicap the Bucs over the Bulls. Will, before we get you out of here, really quick, we got to ask you about the Mets tonight out on the East Coast. or actually on the road at Philly. Uh, Ryan Rothstein's Phillies laying about minus 143 against the Mets, who are catching plus 125. Total we are seeing at nine. Any bet that you took for this game? Yeah, I did play the over. Mets haven't played an over yet. I think this is a good spot where this game could go flying over. You look at some of the numbers uh, against Taiwan Walker, the Mets starter. Schwarber's owned them. Uh, a lot of the guys have some pretty good numbers, and that's a vicious Philly lineup. I don't know if they have enough pitching to compete for you know, a championship, but when you go Schwarber, Castellanos, Rio Muto, Harper, and that small little ballpark, they're going to score a lot of runs. Uh, it was nine earlier, nine and a half now. That's that's a big difference. I don't like it as much, but the Mets should be able to hit Suarez. Uh, I look for you know a, I don't know, 6-4, 7-4 type of game. Uh, I bet the over here, I like it a lot. Hey, man, I'm with you. I love this Phillies lineup. Took him about minus buck 20 to make the postseason before the year, and you're right, could be lethal. The starting rotation is a little bit suspect, but yeah. long season to go, so we'll see. But, uh, Will, we will be rooting for plenty of runs for your sake. Thank you for giving us your insight on that game and all the NBA action as well, my friend. All right, DB. VEASAN.com slash podcast. Both, uh, check out both of our podcasts. Appreciate you guys. You got it. Will Hill, folks, at not the Will Hill is where you can follow him on Twitter. Always tweeting out links to the New York City cast. And like you said, VSIN.com slash podcast. I personally host the Chicago City cast. And today on the show, I know we started off rush hour talking about the playing game. So I go a little bit more in depth with that. If you want to check it out wherever you get your podcasts available, Tweet it out at DannyBurke5 or VEASAN.com slash podcast. And even more in-depth, naturally, for the Bucks and the Bulls game, which we will revisit at the end of the show during Danny's Dimes. But coming up next, before we do that, let's take it out to the West Coast. Adam Burke live in Las Vegas talking all things baseball. Stick around. It is Rush Hour here on VEASAN. This is Rush Hour on VEASAN, the sports betting network.
Want more betting insights to give you an edge? Make sure you check out VEASAN's Best Bets podcast. You can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24-7 stream of VEASAN experts that are tracking line moves, odds, props, wins, losses, and bad beats from all the sports books in Vegas and across the country. So make sure you download the VEASAN Best Bets podcast right now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts available. But again, check it out at VSIN.com slash podcast. All righty, welcome back to it. The show is Rush Hour. Danny Burke, your host, just outside of Chicago, out of the Bet River Sportsbook at the Rivers Casino in Des Plaines, Illinois. Tons of baseball coverage to look forward to, of course, the whole year, but little bit more narrow perspective tonight we got a good slate to look forward to and to help us handicap that adam burke joining us now he is vsin's betting analyst and you could follow him on twitter at skating tripods and there it is baby our favorite part of the segment getting the picture up of the step bros adam burke danny burke version and now we're in the full swing of baseball so hopefully we can get you some winners and maybe we'll alter that graphic to having some baseball jerseys on there although uh you know, uh, Adam's a fan of the Guardians. I'm a Cubs fan, so there's uh, there's a little bad blood there. But, hey, Adam, your team's been decent. The Cubs actually surprisingly doing well. So, hey, you know, uh, not too shabby to kick things off. But I do want to talk about some of the other matchups that we have tonight. Let's begin with this twin, or excuse me, not the Twins, uh, the Mariners game. Uh, they, Yeah, it is the Mariners and Twins game. And, look, this Mariners team, Adam, you and I, I believe, talked about them a little bit. And this is a team where the expectations are a little bit higher for this squad this season, potentially a playoff team, especially now that it's expanded. But tell us your angle for this matchup, because Seattle's a slight dog, plus 116, and the Twins are minus 134. You're maybe looking at a first five perspective for this game. Is that correct? I'm, I'm looking for the first five in the Marlins and the Angels game, actually. But we can talk about this one quickly, too, because I think this one's really intriguing. Because Chris Flexen of the Mariners is a guy who had very big home road splits last year. His first season back in Major League Baseball, he had actually been pitching over in the KBO. So a lot of people familiar with him having to handicap Korean baseball when we were dealing with the pandemic here uh, in the United States that pushed back the start of the Major League Baseball season. But Flexen is a guy who pitched much, much better at home than he did on the road. That's not a surprise with T-Mobile Park, a very pitcher-friendly park up there in Seattle. Interesting start here because the Twins have scored all but one of their runs via the home run here so far. They hit six of them yesterday in their 10-run outburst. I was on the under in that game, of course, and there were five runs in the bottom of the first for the Twins. Inning extended by an error. Gary Sanchez hits a grand slam. Those things happen in Major League Baseball, and they're incredibly frustrating. But the Twins have been playing the long ball here, so we'll see how Flexen fares pitching on the road in Minneapolis. And obviously, Dylan Bundy, a lot of interest to see if the Twins can kind of unlock some of his potential so no play on that game for me, but you know any game I don't have action on early on in the season is a fact-finding mission. So I will be paying attention to both of these starters and, of course, keeping tabs on the lineups as they go forward as well. Yeah, my apologies. You had some interest in that Marlins and Angels game. Now, this one we see the Angels as a slight favor, 2 minus 137, and then the Marlins in this mix, they get plus 117 on the buyback, total at 9 in the hook. This is the game where you're looking at kind of the first half perspective for this game. Uh, tell the audience your approach for this one. Yeah, so I, I was torn in this game between taking the plus money price on the Marlins or taking some variation of the over in this one. I like Eliezer Hurt excuse me, Eliezer Hernandez, but a strikeout per inning kind of guy, a guy that when he's healthy has some pretty good stuff. The problem is 
he can't stay healthy. And another problem that he's had has been pitching on the road. This is another situation where he's very, very good at home in a pitcher-friendly park down there in South Florida. But on the road for Hernandez in his career, a 582 ERA and a 584 FIP in 103 and two-thirds innings away from Lone Depot Park down there in the Miami area. So he's a guy who's really struggled on the road. So that kind of kept me away from taking this Marlins plus money price because he gives up a lot of home runs. The Angels do have some good power. They do have some good pop. But they're sending out Michael Lorenzen here, a guy who really hasn't been a full-time starter since 2015. He doesn't really have the control profile to be a starter. He walks a lot of guys. You know, If you look at his strikeout and walk rates from that full season as a starter, they are not very good. And the Marlins, in that series against the Giants, they actually had 27 plate appearances with the runner in scoring position. They were just two for 22 in that series. So they had a really hard time getting those key hits when they needed to get them. They had chances, though, and I think that that's something that they'll have here today against Lorenzen as well. So rather than mess with the bullpens, I took the first five over at minus 120. The full game is nine and a half with under at minus 115. So this total has moved down a little bit in some respects, at least from a VIG standpoint. But I just I don't believe in Lorenzen as a starter and Hernandez on the road is probably a pretty good guy to look to go against. All right, Adam, well, let's keep it out on the West Coast. An intriguing matchup tonight, 8.45 p.m. First pitch is what it's slated for. Out in San Fran, where the Giants hosting the Padres in San Diego, catching plus 125. The Giants laying minus 148. This totals at 8.5. Look, I got a lot of high hopes for this Padres team. Took a flyer on them to win the World Series at 18-1. to uh, We already saw their bullpen issues that may be presented based on opening night. But again, I, I don't know. I mean, like the Giants, to me, Adam, I feel like inevitably, based on what they did last year, they're going to regress. But how do we look to approach betting them on a game-to-game -game basis? Yeah, you know, I think it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, you know, they did not perform well offensively in that series against the Marlins. They only had 13 plate appearances with a runner in scoring position. So they didn't give themselves a lot of offensive chances. But the Marlins are a really, really good pitching staff. I can't say the same about a Padres team that's getting a start from Nick Martinez tonight. As you mentioned, their bullpen has already had some issues. It could be a revolving door at closer. They've got a lot of moving parts in the back end of their bullpen there. But Nick Martinez is a guy who went over to Japan. He's pitched in Japan for the last four seasons, has actually thrown the ball really, really well over there. But how does that translate now, coming back to the big leagues, facing actual major league hitters, as opposed to the guys over in Asia? So, I'm really interested to see what Martinez looks like tonight. I got very close to playing the Giants in this game. I think Alex Wood is one of the most underrated starting pitchers in all of baseball. His numbers look good year in and year out. Health is always the big concern for him. I do like this Giants bullpen. I like a lot of the things that the Giants do in terms of offensive hitting philosophies, game planning, advanced scouting, all of that. I think that this price is a little bit low here for tonight but I wasn't quite able to pull the trigger on this one. I kind of want to see if the Giants get the bats going a little bit and see how Martinez looks coming back stateside. Yeah, and I also think you make a really good point about Wood. Definitely one of the more underrated pitchers throughout baseball on a consistent basis, too. So, yeah, this one will be kind of like you mentioned, one of those games where, hey, if you're not betting it, keep an eye on it, keep those tabs, and see how we can keep that in the back of our mind moving forward. Uh, Adam, another game where that could be a very similar situation and just one that people will definitely be interested in 
is the Yankees and the Blue Jays. Toronto having the shortest odds to come out on top of the American League, and obviously the Yankees are always in the conversation. Now, New York is a slight home favorite, minus 118. Toronto's plus 102. This total we're seeing at nine with some juice to the under. What bet did you maybe take in this game, or if you didn't make one officially, where would you be leaning toward? Yeah, I didn't make one officially, but I think this game is absolutely worth talking about because Alec Manoa is a guy with a lot of swing and miss, a very, very interesting profile. I'll be curious to see how he starts out the season. But Jamison Tyon is more of what I'm looking at for the Yankees here because Luis Severino struggled. He didn't get swings and misses with the fastball. The velocity was good. The command wasn't great. He couldn't throw it past the Red Sox hitters. You, of course, had Garrett Cole, who got off to a very rough start with the first four batters then kind of figured things out as that game went along. And then you know, yesterday, you didn't get a deep start from Jordan Montgomery. You've only gotten 10 and a third from your starting rotation in the first three games here for the Yankees. So their bullpen has been used extensively. Now, this was kind of by design. They weren't going to push their starters too deep. But now you've got Tyon, a guy who's had Tommy John surgery twice, missed time while getting treatment for testicular cancer, a guy that just really hasn't built up a significant workload over the last few seasons. How far do they push him? What does this bullpen look like getting another heavy workload tonight? What does this bullpen look like going forward with a lot of heavy workloads? And for Toronto here, I don't like their bullpen at all. I like Jordan Romano as the closer. A lot of their guys in middle relief really concern me. That three-game series against Texas had 43 runs scored up there at Rogers Center. Barrios got knocked around. Kevin Gaussman wasn't great. Now, they've had some pitching issues here so far. They've outhit their mistakes for the most part, and they will do that throughout the season. But I think it's interesting to see the total coming down a little bit here, at least the juice in this game. So we'll see how this one plays out. But I am going to be watching both of these bullpens very closely here throughout the first few weeks of the season. Very solid insight per usual. Adam, you're the best. Keep up the great work, and we'll keep looking forward to all your write-ups at BSIN.com. And also to have you on next week to talk more uh, baseball and probably some hoops. Yeah, make sure you tune into the run line on Sundays as well. 8 to 10 Eastern, myself and Ben Wilson. A great episode last night. Looking forward to the next one here coming up next weekend. Absolutely. You can follow Adam on Twitter as well, at Skating Tripods. And like he said, great show debuting here on VEASAN, VSIN.com slash subscribe. And for more action throughout VEASAN, well, make sure you get everything you need to bet on the baseball season with 24-7 streaming, along with daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. All of that and more. Again, VSIN.com slash spring and for only $19. Wrapping up Rush Hour, next segment. Stick with us. The NBA playoffs start this weekend, and right now, Bet Rivers has an incredible offer. You can place a wager of $25 or more on any team to win the NBA Finals to receive a $5 free bet for every playoff series they win. Can Milwaukee repeat? Does Golden State have another title run in them? You make the call and get a $5 free bet when your team wins a series. So go to BetRivers.com to see the current odds and to get your free bets. Terms and conditions do apply. Once again, check it out at BetRivers.com. 
Okay, it's time for our final segment here on Rush Hour on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. You can follow along on Twitter at Danny Burke 5 for myself at VEASAN Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Since it is our final segment, what we do here is give out my best bets. We'll recap some of the action we had at the beginning of the show, but also one play tonight and some more to look forward to throughout the aforementioned NBA postseason. So let's get into it. My best bets, a.k.a. Danny's Dimes here on Rush Hour. We will begin on the diamond. I just got one playing baseball, one lone play, and this is going to take place in Atlanta where the Braves are hosting the Washington Nationals. Now, at Bet Rivers, Atlanta opened up actually as low as a minus 179 favorite. I realize it's not low, but based on where it is now, it was pretty low because it was minus 179 toward Atlanta. Now you see the Braves as high as minus 235. Washington open plus 150. Now you can get them plus 195. Total open 9.5. It's been steady at 9.5. Juice is a little bit on the under. And the run line actually had Atlanta, meaning if they could win by two or more for the Braves, it was plus 120. It's been getting steamed now because now it is minus 127. So I actually, my play for this game, I did take the run line with the Braves when I got it like two, three hours ago. It was probably like minus 103 toward Atlanta, but there's just been constant steam toward the Braves. Now, the Braves didn't have the best opening series. I mean, they split a four-game series with the Reds, and they're coming off a loss yesterday, 6-3. to three. The Nationals, yeah, they were worse. They lost three out of four against the Mets, but they did get their lone win yesterday, 4-2. to two. But the pitching matchup, I believe, and just obviously the outright talent, but more so because that's where you handicap baseball in the first place is a starting pitching matchup. This favors Atlanta, and this is why I liked it. So you got Josh Rogers, a southpaw, pitching for the Nationals. If we're looking at his 2021 stats, he went 2-2, two and two, 3.28 ERA. Looks good, but remember, we always look at the XFIP, a true indicator of what his ERA should be, and it's at six flat. Yes, six flat. Huge discrepancy. Whip, 1.29 for Rodgers. Now, he did only pitch 35.2 innings pitched last season, but even in AAA where he pitched about 73 innings, he had an XFIP of 5.19 with lesser competition. Very alarming if I were to look for the side of Rodgers, but I am not. Uh, Huascar, you know, he's going to be pitching for the Braves, and last year... Not great, but obviously not terrible. I mean, if you look at his win-loss, it doesn't look that great. I mean, 4-6 and six and an ERA of 4.05. But again, the true indicator, the XFIP, 3.40. Very, very solid. And his whip is 1.11. Also incredibly well done in terms of his whip. He had in home, uh, a home ERA of 2.88 last year and an XFIP of 3.12. So he did tend to pitch a little bit better at home for the Braves. So I see this as a big pitching advantage for Atlanta. The Braves coming off a loss. They'll be looking to get a nice win against an inferior team in the Nationals. Obviously, I didn't want to lay north of $2, so that had me thinking about the run line. So I did lay the run and a half at minus 103. Again, now you're seeing it at minus 127. It's hard to advocate to lay that much for a run line, but if you have his, uh, enough conviction on this Braves team, I do think they cover the run line, of course, because I'm using it as a bet, but... You know, I, I don't want to have you rush to the counter to lay minus 127 on a run line. So make sure you shop around a little bit. Obviously, I wouldn't say no to you still attacking it, but I get that people don't like to lay that much on a run line. So shop around. Maybe you could wait to see if you get a better number. But I do think the Braves have the upper hand by a decent amount. 
against this Nationals team. So tonight in baseball, in that game, by the way, this is going to be first pitch in about a half hour. I'm going with the Braves on the run line against the Washington Nationals. So that's what I got tonight for Danny's Dimes in baseball. Let me switch it back over to the NBA, though, and let me tell you about a team that I did pull the trigger on to win the NBA Finals. I believe I've talked about this maybe a couple times on Rush Hour throughout the last month and a half or so. I definitely have talked about it on the Chicago City cast, but I've been circling out the Bucks for quite some time, and it's not like that's a shocking revelation. I mean, we obviously know they're the defending champions, and they've been a studly team up to this point. But a couple weeks ago, they were about 6-1, to one, and I was like, all right, you know, I hope they kind of stay there because I'll probably pull the trigger. Well, then they moved down to 5-1 to one when Giannis was going off about a week and a half ago or so, and they've been steady at 5-1. to one. Five to one is kind of the barrier that I'm probably not going to cross at this point heading into the postseason, right? And we know the very favorable matchup that Milwaukee has presented to them against the Bulls, where they're about a $7 favorite on the series price, so let's be honest, assuming and knowing that they are going to beat the Bulls, the Bucks will, of course, not be 5-1 to one to win the championship. They'll probably be like 3-1, to one, maybe plus 250. Who knows? Maybe not that low. It's a, it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but if they sweep the Bulls, why not? People are going to see that the Bucks are just as dominant, if not more, than they were last year, and they could have that favorable path. So again, I played the Bucks at 5-1. to one. I look at the Suns at plus 275. Do they deserve to be there? Yeah, sure, why not? They dominated the regular season. Too short of a number to want to bet at this point. I see the Nets at 7-1. I also see a team that is terrible and has such a liability defensively. Don't like them. Love Kevin Durant. Love Kyrie Irving. Not a fan of the rest of the team, especially defensively. So no thank you on the Nets. Warriors at 9-1. Yeah, they got to stay healthy. Yeah, they may have a good shot, but I kind of do give the advantage to the Suns. So not as infatuated with looking at the Warriors 9-1. I don't hate the idea of taking the Heat at 9-1. to They have a deep team. They're a very intense, competitive squad, as we've seen from the sideline videos of Jimmy Butler trying to fight his own teammates and coaching staff. Uh, so, yeah, I don't mind the Heat at 9-1. to But, again, I trust the Bucs a little bit more. They had the upper hand over the Heat during the regular season. The Sixers at 14-1, well, we took them to win the East a while back at 8-1. to They look like a disaster, let's be honest. I mean, not as much as the Bulls, but they have not one significant win since James Harden has been a part of the squad. Come on. The Sixers team, they're scared to be matched up against the Raptors. The Grizzlies, 16-1, think it's a little too premature. The Nuggets at 22-1, don't think they have enough depth, even if they were able to get MP James Jamal Murray back. Tough environment to throw them into right away in the postseason. Mavs at 22-1, yeah, that's intriguing, but Doncic is a little injured coming into this as well. I would like to take a flyer on the Jazz at 30-1, to but this team is just it's uncanny and it's impressive how many games are blowing leads. So that would make you think that they'd be even more pissed off than they should be coming into the mix. And the value at 30 to 1 is definitely appetizing, but uh, it's the Jazz. You can't really trust them. By the way, the Bulls are at 100 to 1. Long story short, Milwaukee would not shock me at all to see them repeat as NBA champions. They have incredible depth. Nobody, and I mean nobody, can stop or even contain Giannis Antetokounmpo, especially now that he's knocking down some threes and he's been a more consistent free throw shooter. They have guys, the role players, can step in and hit uncontested shots at will. 
I mean, it's incredible. That's the difference that I've talked about plenty of times between the Bucks and the Bulls team on the Chicago City cast. You see the huge discrepancy in how many players can attack the rim offensively on the Bucks, and really when they can step up defensively when they really want to. They have that experience, they have the depth, and they have all the talent in the world. And let's be honest, if they do get to the championship, you're sitting on a Bucks 5-1 to one ticket, well, you can hedge your way out of it, still come out with a profit, and you'll be feeling pretty good because, of course, they will not be 5-1, to one, especially after this first round, and even more so going into the finals if they were to make it that far. So I still think it's a good value play on Milwaukee right now with the price at 5-1. to one. So I pulled the trigger on the Bucks to win the finals at 5-1. to one. And really quick, we'll probably get into it a little bit more so tomorrow. But by the way, we did talk about this with Will Hill. And again, on the Chicago City cast, if you want more in-depth analysis. For the Bulls and the Bucks first round series, I probably will end up playing the Bucks to sweep at 3-1. to one, And then the Bucks to win in 5 at plus 225. Make sure you shop around. Those numbers are available now. But either way, you're going to get a profit if we can assume the Bucks are going to win in 5 or with a sweep. For example, if you're throwing 100, 100 to win 300 on the sweep. Or you could do 100 to win 225 if the Bucks win in 5. And at that point, then obviously you're either going to win 200 or 125. Now, you could also opt to do the cover the series spread at minus 2.5 at minus 120, meaning you wouldn't have as much liability held there if you're betting a consistent $100, but then simultaneously you're not going to get as big of a payout because of the plus money. I don't think the Bulls are going to win even one game, let alone two. So I feel pretty safe of doing the Bucks to sweep and win in five just for a little security and to still get a positive payout if that comes to fruition, which I believe it does. So we'll talk more about that throughout this week, but that's the angle I'm looking to approach for the Bucks and the Bulls series. But once again, in summation, we are doing the Bucks to win the finals at 5-1, to, one to uh, and then also the Braves on the run line tonight in baseball. And then we had the play-in game action as well, the Clippers to miss the postseason plus 380, and the Hawks to make it at the of plus 240. Best of luck if you tell. We'll be back tomorrow for another edition of Rush Hour.